0: Welcome back, episode 42 of Inside of Football, I'm Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette, the one in the room not fiddling with my microphone like uh, beat writer Scott Ritchie is. Just, Hi Scott. Hello,
1: just making sure it's all set and ready for me.
0: You're a podcast veteran, you should you know, have your own microphone, just bring it in here and replace the one you're talking on.
1: Like gold plated or something? Yeah, why not? Platinum. Yeah, I'm not sure either the podcasts have gone platinum yet, or if that's even a thing for podcasts. I, I don't know either. I'm going to say they're, they're gold. Okay. They're gone
0: gold. How are you, Scott? Uh, it's December, so the
1: overlap of my football, basketball, everything else in November is over, and I'm feeling much better <laughs> about that.
0: Uh, there will be no bowl game for Brett Bielen with the line I had this year. Uh, they went into the regular season finale against Northwestern with a... Very, 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 very slim possibility if they were to beat Northwestern, which they did handily, and we'll get into that, that they would potentially play at some point in December, but that is not the case. There were more than enough six-win teams to fill the absurd number of 82 bowl slots that are out there. Too many. Uh, Bob Osmussen and I and Scott will get into an argument about that later tonight at the Esquire uh, for Wednesday night sports talk as we've shifted the, to that uh, format the last couple weeks because of Illinois basketball games on, on Monday night. Um, but Illinois finished 5-7 and seven this season, had a, I would say, their most complete performance of the season in the final game this past Saturday in Champaign, a 47-14 beatdown of Northwestern, and the Land of Lincoln Trophy, the Hat. Hat it's back at is it in the smith center at memorial stadium where's it at right um, now? Is it's at in Bielma's the house or Bielma's airbnb i think he, well, he's left the airbnb he left,
1: okay. so he's out of quarantine um i think the the final place for it will be in the locker room at the smith center okay. don't know where it like i don't know where it is right
0: this very minute not going on like a they're not going to be like, like a stanley cup tour everyone gets Sh- to take yeah it. everyone gets to take it for a day I mean, they
1: could. I guess. Yeah. Um. Don't know if that's the plan. Also, I mean, like you can put it on your head, kind of, but it's not as cool as the Stanley Cup, where like you can eat your Cheerios out yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Although, if like I'm the, I got only do that if I'm the first person to have it, to drink or eat anything out of the Stanley Cup, because
0: true. But e- even if you were the first person, then say like, twenty twenty two, when the next Stanley Cup gets awarded, other. People would have. I mean they, done that before. I, just, I
1: assume they clean it after. I think they have to clean it at like after every Stanley Cup tour because they do
0: some nasty stuff to it. Very true. Um, but no, no, Landon Lincoln Trophy tour though is what you're no. saying. Scott.
1: and like you can only put it on your head for so long because it's heavy. It is. That's true. And it's not like an actual hat. It's a like a bronze
0: hat. But it's back in the possession of the Illini for the first time since 2014. Uh, safe to say now Brett Beal owns Pat Fitzgerald. Uh, You know, in the smallest of small sample sizes, sure, but... 1-0,
1: Scott. Yeah, Northwestern's also won the last 14 of 21 games against Illinois. So, historically, in the semi-recent history of the rivalry, kind of, um, Northwestern has, you know, kind of had the edge, but now maybe that the tide is turning...
0: In Illinois's favor. Well, you picked this Scott in the last Saturday's news because I certainly two. didn't pick
1: a forty-seven <laughs> to fourteen finish. Because, uh, well, to be fair, Illinois hadn't scored that many points in I don't know, like two games combined this year.
0: But you did have that uh, correct pick. What you finished nine and three on the season in your your picks. I did had a uh, three game slide there at the end. Again, thanks Penn State. If
1: anyone would have picked the Penn State, Rutgers, and Minnesota games to go like they did, uh, I don't know. Like, start buying lottery tickets because you got some 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 juju happening right there.
0: Penn State's, side side note: Penn State's defensive coordinator, who Illinois abolished on their demolished on the ground, uh, in Happy Valley back in October. Brent Pry, what owner ran for three hundred fifty-seven yards? I want to say yep. using the barge. I know they. Barely threw the ball, but still were able to move the ball consistently. Brent Pry now the head coach at Virginia Tech, so apparently people in Blacksburg, Virginia, didn't really care what Illinois' run game did to Penn State's defense. Must have missed that game. Day. Exactly.
1: Uh, good luck in Blacksburg. <laughs> um,
0: but what what are your kind of big takeaways from uh, from Saturday's regular season finale and and items that the Illini can use going into an off season that will feature likely a ton of player turnover on the roster.
1: Yeah, and that's a whole different story cuz, you know, the roster that finished this season for Illinois um was going to look very very different for the the opener against Wyoming next August 27th. Season. Another week 0
0: game. Um stop with that moniker.
1: Yeah, just how it's about week, week one? One <laughs> enough teams play now in "quote unquote" week zero that just made their first week of the regular
0: season. Um, I like college football, but some of the, the things it has going on in the sport are just it, it's nonsensical. Just, exactly.
1: Um, I mean, the Northwestern game was, I think, a glimpse of like what Brett Bielma wants Illinois football to be. You know, a, a defense that know just got progressively better from the post virginia game on played at you know a really high level and you know got some takeaways got some stops just played good football and then you know the offense which has been rightly maligned all year because of how inconsistent it's been um it operated at peak I think it's peak. You know, Brandon Peters, you know, his completion percentage went down as the game progressed, but had one of his best games in an Illinois uniform, and they ran the ball effectively. Chase Brown got, got over 1,000 yards. He had 100-plus 100 yard, 100 yards in the game. Uh, stretched the field vertically in the passing game, which was, you know, a rarity this season. Uh, it's That's the game Brett Bielma is going to show to prospective recruits. Um, he's on the road now. Mm-hmm. He'll be on the road the rest of this week as they get closer to that early signing period but he's going to show them the Northwestern game and hopefully you know, he just might just say don't worry about the other 11 we played this is what don't look at virginia or utsa or yeah. wisconsin yeah uh look at the nor- like just focus on the northwestern game
0: just the Uh-oh. game itself not the the thousands of People dressed as empty seats at Memorial Stadium. Last well, Saturday. from the
1: camera angles, you're just not going to see that. That's true. We'll get like, into the
0: crowd later. <laughs> yeah, we'll take long. Yeah,
1: but like that's that's a, what he's going to sell is is kind of this nasty defense and an offense that can be productive. Maybe it wasn't all year long, but when things work well, and I mean to be fair, Northwestern bad. Very bad. Just, it was like, I think what Northwestern fans are getting a taste of like what Illinois fans have had, which is where you just don't compete.
0: True. It, overall, though, I think when you look back at this first season uh, of Brett Bielema, five to ten years down the road, again, we don't know what's going to happen in year two, year three, etc., moving forward, but I think you could... Call it a successful first season for a first-year head coach for a program that historically has struggled. Again, the standards for Illinois football are not
1: they're they're low. I'll yes, just say it. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think it. I think it. It can be labeled a success. I predicted five wins, so mm-hmm. clearly I was correct.
0: I had four and eight, so I was off.
1: Um, but the difference, really, outside of the Wisconsin game. Partially, Virginia. Like, I'm like, just didn't get run off the field.
0: Yeah, this year. Like, I mean, they, that's the thing. They in, competed in ten of their twelve games. They were in it in the fourth quarter. It wasn't a a blowout at halftime for those ten games. It wasn't. You know, the outcome wasn't sealed. I mean, you look back on this season too, and I'm sure Belem and his staff have done this hundreds of times in their heads. If they just would have made one play differently, maybe gone for a f- fourth and two. Early in the year in September, uh, The Maryland games. Maryland, the the Purdue game.
1: Two games they should have won and just gacked
0: it away down the stretch. And I mean, you're looking at those two teams. I mean, Maryland wins in Champagne. They're going to a bowl game because of the win in Champagne. They're they finished six and six. Purdue finished eight and four.
1: I mean, it's, it's, you just take the Maryland game where I mean they scored twice in like four minutes mm-hmm. to win in regulation. When yeah. Illinois had the game, not clearly not in hand, but yeah, adjacent to in hand, and, and that's Maryland doesn't go to a bowl game, and Illinois does. Like, yeah, that's the difference.
0: Virginia has finished six and six, so they'll go to a bowl game. Uh, UTSA won eleven and one, actually kind of hurt Illinois this past Saturday. The Roadrunners were eleven and zero going into their game against North Texas, who was five and six. The Mean Green won to go to six and six, trimming the list of uh possibilities for a five and seven team to get into a bowl game.
1: Yeah, and really, if we're gonna be honest, like they, Illinois was kind of
0: down the list
1: of and five let's, and seventeen. To be honest
0: too, you should not go to a bowl game if you're five and seventeen. That's just that that's malarkey. That should not happen <laughs> in college football. That's just <laughs> No,
1: it it shouldn't. Um and also, like let's let's get rid of some bowl games that like too, I P Redbox Bowl, but you can some partners in the, the bowl game grave.
0: Yeah. No I'm I like the bowl games. Used to like them a lot more until they got oversaturated, and I guess the system is what it is now. But anyway, all in all, you know, the Illinois, Illinois football for the first time, I would say, I don't even know, maybe the latter parts of the Ron Zook era, I feel like they have an identity. That isn't I guess you could look at the Levy Smith tenure and say they had an identity, but it wasn't a good it one. wasn't a good identity. They've got an identity and it seems the program is going in the right direction. Um again, if they go five and seven in year two, that's not a step forward. I, I think it's realistic. I have not studied the twenty twenty two schedule verbatim. Uh, like some folks might have already, but we'll dive into that this off season. If they go 5-7 and seven or take a step back, that's that's not a sign of progress. That's not what you want to see. You're not going to have these good, positive feelings that a lot of people are feeling right now about Illinois football. And, and again, that too also comes down to just the timing of when the wins happened. Uh, if Illinois were, say they were 5-4 and four going into November, and then lost at Minnesota at Iowa and lost to Northwestern and finished 5-7, and seven. there'd be a whole different feeling around this program than they are right now, where they ended 2-1 and one in November, kept it competitive at Iowa without Bielema at the game after his positive test for COVID-19, and then just ran Northwestern off the field in the only home game in November. Another game too. I know we talked about Maryland-Purdue, but I mean that, that Rutgers home loss, coming after you win at Penn State in nine overtimes in a historic football game. That one, it's crazy to think about. But we Illinois could have been eight and four, and that would have you wouldn't have been laughed off the whatever. Venue you're talking about, I mean it's it's hard to believe, yeah, it, but it, they they realistically could have been, yeah,
1: wild. <laughs> <laughs> of course, <laughs> I mean, kind of we get to the nitty gritty. Uh, they aren't eight and four, or weren't eight and four because they just couldn't figure out how to win games late. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least Maryland, Purdue, Rutgers, I I just that was just maybe bad football. Okay, that was uh, a huge letdown after you know beating a, a then top ten team. At Penn State, and also starting Penn State's demise.
0: Well, let's go. Let's go. You know, we we'll have plenty of time in the next eight months or so to to pick out snippets of this twenty twenty one season. But let's go just kind of game by game. I mean, it was just kind of a roller coaster of a season for the Illini. They they beat Nebraska in the season opener. Brett Beulah probably could have run for mayor of Champaign that night and beaten Deb Finan, and everyone would have understood why they they really. Set Nebraska on what was a disastrous season for the Cornhuskers with that that win in Champaign, um, and then it just kind of went down. Uh, the loss to Texas San Antonio on a night game where they're you're thinking they could capitalize on some momentum against a program that was only an FB, has only been an FBS program for a decade, and said they lose that one, yeah, which late. I did predict. That's true. Um then the trip to Charlottesville. Not great. Bad. Uh so you're thinking, okay, this is gonna be a interesting, tough rebuild. Maybe they get three wins. Maybe. Because the defense was getting picked apart left and right. Uh Texas UTSA and uh Virginia. And then Big Ten home or check that. Not the Big Ten opener. Second Big Ten game. Weird schedule, too. Just play three non-conference games and go nine straight league games. Helps us sports writers with our fading memory. Sure. Uh, Friday night, the return of the Zucker to Champaign. return of Mike Loxley, And then...
1: Game that should have won and didn't.
0: Yeah. 17-10. Yeah. The infamous Brandon Peters completion to center Blake Gerasati
1: maybe the worst <laughs> single drive I've ever seen in my life <laughs> Cause and then now because it, it, it ends with the quarterback completing a and pass that was a game his two, center. that
0: was a game too where and uh, things that happened to Illinois in the past where you say oh that that goes against Illinois actually worked in Illinois favor but Reggie Love fumbled and Casey Washington picked it up and ran in for a touchdown in the fourth quarter. and yeah. it, it seemed all was right in the world, and they're going to end a two-game skid. Instead, they lose 2017. Dropped to 1-3, 1-1 one one in the Big Ten. And then the trip to West Lafayette, uh, ross Aid Stadium. Sold-out crowd there in late September. Gorgeous weather. It
1: gave up another late drive.
0: Late drive. No touchdowns. So the offense was sputtering. The offense was what it was. Yeah, um, Josh McCray though that was his kind of breakout performance, in, in that game, but still lose that. What, go to one and four then. Am I math correct on all this? Yeah. <laughs> wow, they were one and four at one point. Finished five and seven. Okay. surely um, again. That this all goes back to too, just kind of the timing of of when the wins and losses happen and and why kind of like the direction Illinois is going based on, on their late season success. And then Charlotte comes to Champaign. It's first game in October.
1: It is what it is. I mean Chase Brown had a
0: bad first half. They were losing at halftime.
1: Yeah, because that was still at the point where Illinois couldn't score any anything. Yeah. No touchdowns, no field goals, no anything. And then Chase Brown just in the first quarter.
0: quarter. Ripped a couple long runs and got going in the second half, rushed for what, two hundred and 50-some yards. Yeah. it's like the second-best performance in Memorial Stadium history, fourth-best, I think, in program history. But well, that put him on track, too, because all the talk going into the season is, okay, Chase Brown, this offense is ready for you after you led the, uh, Atlanta in rushing in 2020, and then some injuries and just didn't really play much in September. I mean, it's kind of wild. Like, he
1: wound up with a 1,000 yeah, yards. And he played in
0: basically two months of the season.
1: Yeah, and outside of the Charlotte like the okay, so the Charlotte and the Penn State game—that's mm-hmm. about like half of his yardage for the season. Yeah, because there's like, I mean, the opener against Nebraska, he got like, four carries, and like, he had single-digit carries mm-hmm. in more games than I think he had double-digit
0: carries. All right, so they're two and four. You thinking maybe okay, they can can write the ship, and then
1: well, Paul Christ. Oh yeah,
0: homecoming. Not a good homecoming for for the Illinois Uh shut out twenty four nothing. That really kick started Wisconsin's seasons and then that led to even more questions about where Illinois was going, especially because they abandoned the run. Didn't it, even try. And I get it Wisconsin had the number one ranked run defense in the country, but now, when that's you also their can't throw the
1: ball and like all you can do is run?
0: Bad game overall. It's Try it. It's I bad. still can't
1: I clearly still just had <laughs> Perplexed
0: uh, about what Tony Peterson was saying. All right, so they're two and five then. It ended five and seven. I mean, great finish. Yeah. Then what the off week happened? Or was Penn State right after? No, there was a bye. There was a bye week. And then the legendary trip to University Park, State College, Happy Valley, whatever you want to call it, Beaver Stadium, and the Infamous, infamous twenty to eighteen nine overtime win, which uh, a lot of people, a lot of Illinois football fans, and then a lot of college football fans too, became well acquainted well acquainted with the new overtime rules, which are dumb, bonkers, but
1: also never knew it was so tough to get a two point conversion. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, and like it's a huge win. Oh yeah, obviously Illinois, but like. I think it's it was lost that took these teams nine overtimes <laughs> to figure this thing out. Like the execution <laughs> went in the toilet.
0: Yeah, uh, well, Brandon Peters came in because Artzakowski broke his arm. Yeah, when, just, what like the fourth uh, overtime? Yeah, fourth, fifth overtime. Fourth, what is what is the nine overtime? What did you call it? Nanupol. Non Nanupol. Because next, because I looked it up, because I was like, I
1: was, was certain they were never going to finish. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was 10, and then <laughs> I had, they've figured it out on the 9th, so I didn't have to look at 11, but... Okay.
0: So were 3-5, new life in the program. Penn State was ranked, what, ninth in the country at the time? Yeah. Turned out to be a little high for the Nittany Lions. You finished well, 7-5? Yeah, think?
1: I mean, they had a really tough schedule to end the year, True. and they lost most of those games. But. but that
0: was also a game, too, where not only did we see the barge formation and the run-heavy approach that Illinois used on offense, but also, I think, validation for Ryan Walters and what the defense – uh had been accomplishing, and, and we saw that on display, too, because Penn State went up, what, 10 nothing? Looked like they were just going to kind of run away from Illinois, and, yep. and the defense held steady, and the offense did just enough. So, 3-5, and five, feeling good. Coming back to Champaign, the annual Illinois Rutgers game, which, thankfully, I don't think we have to see again until 2024, after, what, six straight seasons of it? Six in a row. It's just, whatever. Thanks, Jim Delaney. Uh... What was the final score? It was bad. I don't like remember. 20 to 17 or something like that? Whatever it was. It was, it was close. It. Yeah. I mean, Noah Bedrell. Former Nebraska basketball player Noah Bedrell.
1: <laughs> For a time, a brief moment in history. Uh, like He's not great. Did enough with his feet that it was like, I, don't know, I couldn't figure it out. And just such a
0: bad loss. Yeah. If you, if you really think about it. Drops to 3 it. and 6. Focus as the calendar flips to November is Okay. 2022 let's let's take a look oh wait we're gonna illinois is gonna win at minnesota what yeah. 14 to 6 rode their boat all <laughs> over pj fleck at minnesota at minneapolis too. first win at Huntington bank stadium since 2009 first win as first win by illinois in the venue known as Huntington bank stadium because it used to be called tcf bank stadium so true
1: that's Kind of a crazy finish. Another bye week.
0: Another bye week, so four and six. What are they three and four in the Big Ten at this point? Yeah, and then then the last
1: two, I mean, could have beaten Iowa, I think. Lost
0: 33-23. They covered.
1: Yeah, backdoor cover.
0: Yeah, but still. Um,
1: Because Iowa, I mean, special teams, touchdown, changed the game.
0: Hey, Iowa is in the Big Ten title game, Scott. Yeah, that's crazy because I didn't think they were particularly good. Ten and two Kirk Ferentz. Wild. Has a um, chance to if if the Hawkeyes win on Saturday night and probably no Big Ten team in the <laughs> college football playoff. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, it's but like Elmo's defense did what it needed to in that game, forced Iowa to kick a bunch of field goals and the offense just couldn't do anything. True. Again. Like the the opportunity was there. It was like, okay, Iowa just kicked another field goal, go score a touchdown. Yeah. Once and I think you know, Elmo's back in that game and they just couldn't do it until the Right, season yeah,
0: forty-seven, fourteen win to to cap a up and down, tumultuous, full of adversity, full of high points, full of low moments as well for kind of successful season, kind of successful season. So that is the twenty twenty one season in a, in a nutshell. Big nut. Um, a lot of uh, off se- the now the real fun begins with the off season and no, not fun. The uh, uh, the roster churn, that'll happen. We've already seen, what, two players enter the portal uh, Eddie Smith and Kendall Smith, both defensive backs uh, are deciding to yeah. play elsewhere. That's next season.
1: entering the portal after the season because there's a few that's that have done yeah. Marcus Beeson. That's right. Yep. Marquez, excuse me. Um, Derek Smith. Yeah. Uh, no, so basically, if your last name is Smith, you're leaving.
0: Don't, I want to make this point, too, before we, we wrap up this podcast though so this week uh very cool moment though at the end of the regular season finale uh, against Northwestern cool gesture by Brett Bielema uh to put two players that have been connected to the Illinois program for quite some time Mike Epstein running back and linebacker Jake Hansen, to put them out there in victory formation uh, both those players had season-ending injuries uh, Epstein didn't play from like Virginia might have been his last game.
1: Uh, Maryland. I don't even know if he played against Virginia.
0: Yeah, uh, Hanson tore his ACL against Wisconsin. Whatever the. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah.
1: Because he was sort. Because of, he missed like the Purdue game before that That's too. True. So he was in and out
0: already. Anyway, guys that have um, you know dedicated a lot of their lives to the Illinois football program. Cool for them to be in uniform to be out there for the final snap of the season. Uh, I know. Brett Bielman said it was a moment he'll always remember and I know it meant a lot to to Hansen and Epstein too. So uh pretty cool to have a coach that kind of understands there's bigger things than just uh just winning and losing. Um, but recruiting never stops. Illinois has added two commits this week. Uh, a lineman from Denmark.
1: Yeah, Magnus Moeller. Best <laughs> I mean best name on the team, I think, already.
0: Six uh, eight, three hundred pounds.
1: Yeah, it might be six nine. Okay. I don't know. It's real tall. And then Elijah McCantos, uh three-star, cornerback. Smaller. <laughs> Smaller. He's only, <laughs> only six foot. Cornerback uh, oh. out of Florida. Mm-hmm. So the that pipeline for DBs out of Florida seems to be continuing.
0: Um, They're up to, what, 19 commits? Yep. Still 10th in the
1: Big Ten with his class, 45th, I believe, nationally. Uh, early signing period day. Starts two weeks from today. It's coming. Um mm-hmm. And then, I mean, the portal, man. That's where it's going to be because Illinois is going to have a lot headed to it. And, you know, they need to pluck some talent from the portal at some fairly key positions. Uh, it's a quarterback, um, offensive line, defensive line, probably a cornerback yeah, as well to add to the secondary. Um, so there, there's work to be done.
0: It's crazy, too, that I think about this now as we sit here on December 1st. If Illinois were to have a when Illinois has a spring game in April, the likely starting quarterback of people that are on the roster is Ryan Johnson. Because Art Sikowski won't be at spring ball most likely. No, shit. I mean, no. After breaking his arm and also having shoulder surgery. Yeah. Um. Huh. <laughs> I mean, right now, I, again, a lot. I, will, so I'd say
1: the intent is to enroll a quarterback, yes. a transfer quarterback starting in January.
0: Sky high and the Pollyanna Illinois fan will say get Spencer Rattler to champagne, but Okay. I mean that'd be cool. I don't know if he wants to hand the ball off thirty to 40. Yeah, seconds, say, uh, he
1: I'm not sure his skill set fits kind of the idea of what Brett Bielmo wants, but uh yeah, you know, he was, you know, a Heisman hopeful before his season went uh down the drain.
0: So yeah, you're looking at a quarterback room of Ryan Johnson, QB one, Matt Robinson backup right now?
1: Wouldn't be surprised if Matt Robinson
0: says hello to the portal.
1: Yeah. Well, and because he's not guaranteed any more scholarship time at Illinois. Fair enough. Um, so, Ryan Johnson, Samari Collier.
0: There you go. Okay. I
1: mean, maybe, Matt, maybe Matt Robinson says, maybe they keep him. No. program guy. Nice yeah. kid. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: never gonna play. Um. All conference honors, let's wrap it up with that. Uh, Kirby Joseph, first team, all Big Ten defense. Um, the offensive honors came out on Wednesday, today. Uh, Doug Kramer, I saw got second team. Second team Chase from Brown the got coaches. Th- okay.
1: Chase Brown got third team from coaches and media. Okay.
0: No, no, just from the coaches. And Joseph's first team was just from the media, correct? Correct. He was second team from the coaches. Okay.
1: It's, I mean honestly just like combine them into one yeah. or something because it, it gets confusing it does and like cause every team will only use the best one exactly of those yeah, exactly. so just don't even say who it, media coaches who a whoever.
0: cumulative vote between media and coaches yeah so
1: all the award winners Kirby Joseph all big in first team Blake Hayes all big in third team as well as James McCourt all 10 third team and then Sydney Brown Owen Carney Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph, and Devin Witherspoon were honorable mention. So that's your defense and special teams. Offense, Doug Kramer, uh, second team. Chase Brown, third team. Vidarian Lowe, Alex Walcheski, honorable mention. So not a surprise that there were more defense and special teams guys than, than offense because that's where the strength yeah. lied for Illinois.
0: All right, let's going to put a bow on this uh, episode 42 of Inside Atlanta Football uh, with basketball in full swing and with Scott Primarily handling coverage of that so over the next two to three months, uh, we'll probably shift to say, in every other week format with Inside Line of Football. I'll uh, we'll probably come back in two weeks and early signing period gets going on Wednesday. So, I get a, I, get to talk about a lot of guys that aren't going to play for two to three years. Yeah,
1: I I'm less excited for the early signing period than I ever was for like February. Yeah, like, I
0: agree. Just go back to that one, that one was, signing. period.
1: There was something about that. It was like a holiday. That day,
0: it was, it was early February. It's you know right after the, well, not right after the Super Bowl, but there was some distance between the end of the season and kind of yeah. looking towards the new season. But so, now, now
1: so. things just never end. And That's This is true. just adding to it. Anyway, sorry, that was my tangent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Read all of Scott's coverage in the News Gazette and AlanaHQ.com. We'll be back another episode of Inside Atlanta Football later this month. Take care, everyone.